today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Harvey Levin here. And Jason Beckerman. So um, why don't we start with, um, with Donald Trump? The testimony that was given yesterday, and just in terms of possible prosecution, um, there was more there with breadcrumbs leading right to the Oval Office than we've heard so far at this point, right? Correct. And forgetting about this incident in the car, which could become a big deal uh, because of events that have happened subsequent, forgetting about that, there was plenty said that incriminates Donald Trump. Yep. He uh, allegedly, according to the witness, Cassidy Hutchinson, who testified, uh, purposefully had some of the security measures removed that that held people back from the Capitol building uh, in an effort to make it look more full, make the crowd look more full. Allowing people to bring guns into the rally. And he did that after he was warned specifically by the Secret Service that the people were weapon had weapons, including right. AK-15s, including had climbed up into trees right. with bird's eye view of the Capitol and of the Capitol grounds where all the people were. And at that point, once learning that, he said, nevertheless, I don't care that they're armed. They're not here to hurt me. Let them through. You know, that alone, when you take all of the other evidence, could be that linchpin. But there was a lot more. So now the question, what happened here? Did this – because now the two Secret Service agents who um, were supposedly in that SUV when they – when Donald Trump grabbed the – allegedly grabbed the wheel and then grabbed the other guy's throat – they say it didn't happen. Now, she has um, – still has a, a case to be made because she said, I was told this. Right. But now the guy she told it to reportedly is saying, I didn't say that to her. So so we have a couple things happening here. We have the fact that her testimony is now being contradicted by somebody else who she says told her something. So that's a bad thing for her. Although she – you know, again, she just testified to what somebody told her. Maybe they're miscommunication. No, no, but what I'm saying is that, yeah. look, what I'm saying, here's what I'm getting at. D- two things. Did the committee talk to the guy who told her or the two Secret Service agents? Because the Secret Service has been communicating with the committee since the beginning. They even said that yesterday. Yeah. So did they communicate? If they didn't, it's kind of stunning. Um, and also, you don't need that. I mean, that became the headline The, the steering wheel, the grabbing the throat. Became of the, the headline. Right. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's it's kind of in the recesses, but it wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary. You had plenty of case against Donald Trump. And frankly, the thing in the car, although it's the most sort of shocking. And lurid. And lurid. It's not nearly, I think, the it doesn't carry the evidentiary weight of having the of having the security removed, which jeopardized not just the president, but the members of the of the Congress itself. And yeah. it seemed like he was actually inciting the people with weapons to get close to the, That's the biggest piece of testimony. The whole thing in the in the SUV is just, to your point, it's just lurid. It's just fascinating. But if it's not true, which it looks like it very well may not be true, or at least there'll be contradictory testimony, regardless if it's true or not, because right, people right, lie. Right. Um, it undermines all of her testimony, right? If she lied about this, what else did she lie about? Well, and and look, you're right. That doesn't mean she lied. It just means you somebody lied. If if he comes out and says, I never said it to her, yeah. one of them is not telling the truth. Correct. But it it he, they didn't need it. If they didn't need it. And I guess the question is, 
did this committee go to them the, before yeah. be, because they knew what she was going to say? Yeah. And if they knew what she was going to say, why and, and a call an emergency session? Why not why? just get in touch with the Secret and, Service? And we talked about it yesterday. No, nobody should ever have put her on the stand. She was testifying secondhand by her own admission. She's like, I wasn't there. Right. People told me this. You would never put that kind of witness up to testify without having talked to the people who had the firsthand knowledge and corroborated her story. And it seems like, we don't know, a lot has to come out. It seems like they didn't do that. It seems like it, and they're so buttoned up, and they've done such a yes. good job yes. up to this point. I mean, they've done it. They've really done a remarkably good job. Yeah, yeah. and 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 it's compelling, yeah. and it's organized, and it's thorough. And then this, right? And it's bizarre, but I, I don't understand if you've got the guy she talked to and the two agents all denying it. What benefit do they gain? By having her say it, even if the guy who to who allegedly told her that is lying, right? It still compromises everything. So why not eliminate that and just go with the other stuff? Which was so good. Also, would have gotten just the headlines that the other stuff did. I mean, there was so much yesterday, right. That she testified to, not just about we we talked about the security lapses. We also heard for the first time that the in the high that the president was informed that the twenty fifth amendment the, to remove the president from office was being openly discussed by his members of the cabinet. We had heard that it was we had being heard discussed, that it was being discussed, but the president was told that and apparently reacted to it. Yeah, that was remarkable. The fact that Rudy Giuliani on that day specifically was talking about pardons. Well, and also, but Jason also just you know essentially him saying. The you know Pence deserves it. Yes. In the, in the, oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean that, that's the that is the that is that's the, the core of that this is thing. The core. And why? It's like what did they gain? Right. And look at what they could lose. Yes. And it's so unlike uncharacteristic of what we've seen up to this point. I, I got to tell you, Liz Cheney, who uh, uh, disagrees politically with every on every policy point with everybody else in that committee has been so incredibly impressive throughout this entire thing. Yeah. She is she is a fierce pit bull of a prosecutor in this case. I can't I, I almost can't get my head around the idea that she would have made this kind of calamitous mistake. I can't get my head around it. But the Secret Service is now coming out and saying they're prepared to testify that it didn't happen. And now I, and the key yeah. is you know, even if they testify if the guy told her that, yeah. it maintains her credibility. Right, it does. But if he says I never told her that there's a problem. There's a real problem. There's a real problem. Ugh. Anyway. But the throwing the dishes against the wall thing, I don't really care, right? You're the, no. pre you're the president. If you get pissed off, you can throw some dishes against the wall. It's, it's okay. It's his house. Again, right? it's color. Yeah, exactly. And she didn't see it. No, I, I think. You, you don't, you, you yeah. don't need it. By the way. And by the way. That happened, by the way. Bill Barr has suggested that, that play throwing incident. Oh, let me too. tell you. I, and if it, if it were, you know. If, if it were like shrimp cocktail, I wouldn't believe it. Catch up with him. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. <right. laughs> yeah, if it was caviar. Absolutely. The blinis went everywhere. No, blinis, no happen. way. Catch up. Yes. Yeah. My first my first day as a law lawyer at a big, big law firm right out of law school, a partner threw his phone, out, it was, this was a landline phone, out his office door and it smashed into a wall. And I'm like, I've never seen anything like this before. But then I saw it all the time at law firms. The fact Donald Trump throws plates. At law firms? firms? This happened at law This two, the, the, the phones were frequently thrown. You're lying. Floor. Swear to God, I could use his name. I know he, where you worked. That he went on to become the general counsel of the third largest company in the world. 
uh, for like 20 years, or fifth largest company in the world. Oh He's a God. really big guy, and the stories about him throwing phones are, are legion. Yeah. Pulling the the cord out of the oh, wall? Uh, I would assume so. I thought he just threw it in the cord, sort of flew out oh and came out of the God. wall on the toss. But yeah. Okay, uh, we're going to move on. Let's talk about... So Britney Spears, uh, her lawyer, Matt Rosengart, is going after Jamie hard, saying that Jamie sh is it's shameful, he is vengeful by wanting to depose his own daughter. Um, and he goes on and on and says that he filed this motion, not just filed it, but filed it around Father's Day and around the time of her wedding, which is, you know, neither here nor there, right? Um, but he's saying, look, there is no justified, justifiable reason uh, that Britney Spears should have to sit for a deposition. It was Jamie who committed misdeeds, he says, and Jamie um, will not sit for his deposition. And this is just obfuscating. This is delaying. Right. And it's just shameful, he says. Yeah. So I think Matt Rosengard deserves a lot of credit for what he's done for Britney Spears. He's been terrific for her and obviously got her free from the conservatorship and everything else. But I don't get his point here, right? She has made some serious allegations against him, both criminal and civil, uh, for both criminal and civil liability potentially, uh, bugging her, doing all sorts of awful things to her. And there's evidence maybe that, there's, that that's, these things happen. But he also gets to ask her questions under oath to test her, the, the veracity of her testimony. That's just the way these things work. And Matt Rosengart fully knows that. So I feel that this, this motion that he filed today was a, an emotional plea to her fans and maybe to the court to not have her be deposed, but I don't see how she possibly can't be deposed it, 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 It's inconceivable the judge is not gonna order it. I mean, look, um, there were a lot of allegations of financial mis misdeeds. For example, um, allowing his business manager to change the deal when she wasn't getting as much money as she wanted and having gotten a ton of money for years before yep. because Britney stopped performing. She wanted to reset it. There was no justification really for that. Yep. And uh, Jamie said, fine. Yep. That's legit. Yep. And it's legit to raise. And um, Britney has nothing to add to that. I mean, that's going to be based on things around Britney. So right. she doesn't need to testify about that. So to that extent, true. But when allegations are made, which they were yeah. by Britney, that he illegally f um, got her into a rehab facility in Santa Monica, um, you know, that's something that Britney has first-hand first -hand knowledge, knowledge about. He's the only witness with knowledge about. That's really. right. Or, and, and he's saying it's not true. Yeah. And so I don't see, you know, this would be part of the misdeeds that they're alleging here. Yeah. And, you know, refusing to get married, refusing to take the IUD yeah. out, all of that stuff that Britney alleged, you know, where she didn't want to go on concert tours and she did, you know, all of that kind of plays into the allegations of the... Um, misdeeds in the conservatorship. Right. And you also have the, I, I get the emotional part of it because uh, according to Britney Spears, Jamie has tried desperately to get out from under him having to take a deposition. He has delayed. Uh, for months. For months. Matt Rosengard said, uh, Jamie said, oh, I can't do it here. I can only do it there. Matt's Matt said, I'll go to Louisiana. Go, he said, well, I will go anywhere in the world to take your deposition. Just give me the time and place. And Jamie apparently has not uh, uh, done that. So clearly this has to be mapped out so that Jamie is deposed. And if they uh, filed his motion or notice of deposition, he's going to have to go first. But that doesn't mean that Brittany's not going to have to be deposed. And by the way, 
the standard for taking someone's deposition is not very high. Right. It doesn't have you don't have to prove in advance that they have relevant information. You just have to make a sort of a low here, showing here, here, that she might. Here's the thing. How on earth is Brittany's interaction with her dad, who is her conservator over her estate and her person for years, not relevant? It, 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 there's no answer to that. Of course it's relevant. Of yeah. course. Okay, moving on. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Tommy Fury is going to fight Jake Paul in August. He was coming to the United States for the press conference on this. Denied uh, entry to the U.S. Uh, he was at Heathrow. They said, you can't come. They didn't tell him why. We know why. It's because there is a dude, um, an Irish dude, who is apparently, allegedly, a really bad guy, a guy who is selling drugs and weapons, is in an organized crime. He was also a boxing manager, not Tommy's boxing manager. He managed Tyson Fury for a while. Um, and what we found out is that this guy is on the run. They want to desperately find him. So they're putting the squeeze on everybody in the boxing world, promoters, fighters, managers, anybody, and basically saying, you know, we're just not going to let you into the United States because we want to put the squeeze on this guy and we want to get this guy so you tell us where he is and we'll change things. That's essentially what they're saying. What a bizarre tactic, though, right? I mean, th there's no known link between Tommy Fury None. and this guy, Daniel Kinahan, this, this alleged crime His boss. His brother was... Tyson apparently once had a relationship with right. him, but no nothing known between Tommy... And they're not letting him in. And they're not letting him in the country, and... Without any sort of knowledge, doesn't this rub you the wrong way? Well, I mean, it, it sort of does. I, I I wish I knew a little bit more. I wish we they would disclose a little bit more about any theoretical link between them. Does Tommy even know where the guy is? If if Tommy if they think Tommy knows where the guy is, maybe I start to see why they keep him. You know why they hold. But him, how would they know that? But how would they know? How they would never talked to Tommy. Him. Know how would Tommy know? And they've never talked to Tommy. Or if they if they want to, that's a twenty minute conversation at Heathrow before he then gets on the plane and comes out here, because they have leverage over him, right? He needs to come out and promote the fight. They have the leverage, but we don't think that there's that. They just simply stop the guy from coming. I am telling you, I have some sources in this who have absolute direct knowledge. This is happening not just to Tommy Fury. This is happening to a lot of people in boxing. This is a thing wow. that they're doing to find this guy. They desperately want to find this guy. Why it's happening all over the place in boxing? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you would typically see reserved for people with known 
links. links to terrorism, yes. for example. I mean, that's the kind of thing you would see. Or even the, links to organized or crime. Or even links to organized crime, but which Tommy Tommy apparently doesn't have. No! But but you just, I've never seen this before. I've never heard of something. But look, look boxing, it can be a muddy sport, right? There's a lot of illegal illegality in, the bo in boxing. Boxers come and go all the time. Yeah, but that's not you, what this is about. That, right. Right, this is like this attenuated it's link. It's weird. Okay. It's very strange. I, I, I want to move on to the last thing. I, I'm just so fascinated by this. John Hinckley. Yeah. So he did an interview with CBS Mornings. And I found this really, really interesting. He was, look, for people who don't remember, he shot uh, Ronald Reagan, almost killed him, or tried to assassinate him. He was president at the time, almost killed him, um, shot Tim McCarthy, Secret Service agent, James Brady, um, his life was upended as a result. He was confined to a wheelchair for the James rest Brady of his was, life. Yeah. James Brady, he had uh, brain da brain damage. Um, it was terrible what happened to him. And there was also a DC cop that got shot. So John Hinckley was found not guilty by reason of insanity. He spent 41 years in a mental institution. He was released in 2016. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the release became unconditional. So he chose to do an interview. And he said basically he wanted to do it because he knew there were people out there who hated him, who wouldn't forgive him. And he said, look, maybe I don't deserve forgiveness, but I want to try. Right. And he did this interview. What did you think? I found it really fascinating. Well, I found it fascinating. I mean, look, it's been a, it's been a long, long time, 41 years since the attempted assassination. And he uh, clearly appeared remorseful. I mean, I, I I think he was fully remorseful. He seemed like he, he acknowledged that a lot of people will never forgive him. He acknowledged that the world views him as a monster. He apologized to the families of the of the victims as well, at, because I think they're all deceased now. Uh, James Brady, Ronald Reagan. I'm not sure about the. DC I don't know cop. about Tim McCarthy. He was young. Fair, fair enough. Uh, so he he apologized to people that he that he harmed, and he also apologized to Jodie Foster, who he bizarrely, uh, you know, he said yeah, he was he, trying. To he get had her an obsession with, and he wanted to get her attention, and that's how he thought he could do it. But he said ultimately, I'm not the monster that maybe I once was. I I have gone through. I, I now know what I did was wrong, which I didn't know 40 years ago. And he seeks forgiveness, and he seems to be truly remorseful for what he did. You know what? You, you, the one thing that bugged me yeah. is he said, I didn't know right from wrong. Well, that, That's a legal term. Right. That's, and, right, that's, a, that's the term uh, that, you have to prove in order a, to be reasonable. Right. right. It, that didn't feel like a human comment. Yeah. It felt like a legal term to me. Yeah. That bugged me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I can see that. I hadn't thought about it. I'm sure he's... Repeated that term so many times over the last forty years. Maybe it's ingrained as the I, pattern of speaking. I, I, I understand, but yes, I agree because that is truly that's the legal definition of insanity that he would have had to plead forty years ago. It's to not get the, what somebody who was insane and isn't insane anymore would say if he didn't understand it's a, the law. It, it's a good. It's a good detail. I'm not sure it upends the fact that I don't know that it upends. But there are people, including in our newsroom, who say, "Look, when the crime is this great, when you try to assassinate the president." No matter how remorseful you are, no matter how much you've recovered, you just deserve to spend the rest of your well, life. Well, and there's jail. a parallel. The Manson murders. Yes. Um, there are, in fact, the parole board uh, recommended the release of one of the Manson girls. And there has been just, you know, absolute, on the part of the victims, Sharon Tate's uh, sister, um, absolute horror yeah. about possibly releasing her, and I don't think she's going to get released. You know, it's funny. We've had 40 years of movies and television shows about the Manson family and the murderers and everything else and songs written about it and the whole thing. The John Hinckley thing has sort of gone under the radar. Nobody really talks about it much anymore. Do you think it's because there's so, still so much attention on the Manson murders that the emotions are still higher and it's less politically palatable to let 
them out than it would be John Hinckley, which nobody really cares. Well, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't want to minimize it, but yeah. remember, nobody died with Hinckley. True. Although it was the president that he tried to assassinate. I understand, so, but yeah. nobody died. Yep. And true. when Reagan came back, you didn't really think, because so much happened, you didn't yep. think about the assassination attempt yep. as much. Yep. Um, with Manson- Lots of people died. Lots yep. of people died, and the nature of it, trying to start a, a culture war, trying to racial war, it was different. It was emotions high. And actually, James Brady is most famous- for being shot, but also the work that he did after on being gun shot control. on gun control. There's a Brady bill. And, which Sa- and Sarah Brady. Exa- exactly. And so, you know, James Brady had a very full and important life after the shooting. Obviously, we had a lot of dead people, as we said, in the Manson family. And so maybe that's why the emotions would never allow that to happen. You know what it is, too, Jason? It's Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, it is simply Hollywood that, you know, to do a colorful movie yeah. about Manson, to write a book about this crazy trial and these crazy fan- – it's just – you know, it's why the o- – listen, the O.J. Simpson murders weren't the biggest murders in Los Angeles history or the United States Probably history. That week, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were other more bru- – I mean, yeah. listen, it was horrible what yeah. happened. So why did O.J. Simpson – uh, why did that trial captivate the country? It was good-looking people, sex, betrayal, y- race, you know, all yeah, sorts of so, things. So I yeah. mean, all of the things that are the touch points. Yeah. Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. Why did yeah. that happen? Yep. I mean, you can't look at the crime itself yep. and say, "Well, that should be the animating factor." It's not. It's the color behind it. It is the color behind it. Welcome to Hollywood. We'll see you Friday. 